hear us through your AirPods or see us on your laptop, how about meeting us in real life? Because we're taking Queer Money on the road this summer and fall. Visit QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player to find out when we'll be in your neighborhood. Finally, we're starting to break the taboo of talking about mental health. Although for many folks, the thought of taking care of themselves, both mentally and physically, that can bring up some anxiety, especially around costs for things like therapy, or maybe some of the physical aspects of taking care of yourself, like massage or Reiki. For many of us, though, doing some basic, regular self-care can go a long way in reducing our need for those more expensive forms of self-care. So we come up with nine quick, easy, and low-cost forms of self-care that are proven to help your brain function better, reduce anxiety, and put a smile on your face. And don't forget, we make the Queer Money Podcast for you, so please post your money questions in the Queer Money Facebook group, and we may answer your money question in an upcoming episode. Now, let's get on with the show. There's personal finance for the masses. This is not personal finance for the masses. This is Queer Money. And now a quick word from our sponsor. Capital One's checking and savings accounts have no fees and no minimums. And with one of the best saving rates in America, you can rest easy watching your money grow with no fees to bring you down. You can open an account in about five minutes, which means you are only about five minutes away from getting your savings to grow with one of the nation's best rates. Join our movement to build a community of happier, healthier, and wealthier gay men by getting your free copy of the five building blocks of a happy gay life at debtfreeguys.com forward slash happy. Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of Queer Money. So on this episode, John and I want to explore a little bit more what we were talking about last week. Last week, we were talking a little bit about self-care in relation to it being Suicide Awareness Week and Suicide Awareness Month in September. And oftentimes, it's the early conditions that bring on anxiety and depression that later on lead someone to think about and contemplate suicide. And you've heard us talk about something called the debt depression cycle. That's something where we have done some research and found that the way that we oftentimes take care of ourselves can put us in a state of continuous depression or maybe financial anxiety. Uh, We oftentimes will spend money taking care of ourselves, then find out later that the amount of money that we spent on taking care of ourselves in many forms oftentimes put us in a precarious situation financially, which makes us feel bad, which makes us want to take care of ourselves again, which makes us spend more money, which then makes us feel bad. And so we want to try to break that cycle by sharing with you some ways that we have taken care of ourselves. We think that there are great ways to take care of yourself without blowing your wad of cash. So we've pro- today we're going to provide you with nine tips and nine things that we have used either in the past or are presently using that help us take care of ourselves. Yeah. So number one is to drink more water. I don't think Americans drink enough water. Right. I mean, exactly. I think probably most humans don't, but right. um, but most Americans don't drink enough water. We drink a lot of liquids, but very <laughs> right. often water is low on the totem pole. Right. But the thing is, is that water has been shown to significantly affect energy levels and brain function, both of which can boost your mood, increase your mood. Yeah. Also dehydration increases mood swings, headaches, 
and it increases anxiety and fatigue. And that's exactly what we're trying to fight against. So if just drinking a couple glasses of water a day can help minimize or eliminate that, all the more power to it. So we suggest swapping out caffeinated drinks. Caffeine is shown to increase anxiety and induce panic attacks because it stimulates the fight or flight responses in the brain and the body. And that's exactly what we're trying to avoid. I will admit we do have our coffee in the morning, but it's usually one or two cups of coffee maximum. And that's really about it for the caffeine. Even when we do teas, more often than not, though not always, when we do tea, it's decaf tea. Um, So of course, there's a little bit of caffeine in there, but not nearly as much as what most people drink, I think, throughout the day. And we, for the most part, avoid sodas and high energy drinks for a number of reasons, this being one of them. Um, so we suggest you know trying to swap out some of that ca- those caffeinated drinks with just plain good old water. Right. And you all know that we love to make fuzzy water, so that's how <laughs> that's our variety in life, right? Sometimes it's still, sometimes it's fuzzy, um, sometimes it's warm, sometimes it's chilled. You decide, <laughs> right? Um, so we suggest then drink twelve ounces of glass before bed and immediately after waking up. We like to. I know that especially as you get older, the men in the group or who are listening, we have to go to the bathroom more frequently <laughs> at night. I've just resigned myself to the fact that I've got to go no matter what, whether I drink water or not before I go to bed. I'm going to the bathroom two to three times anyway. So I might as well hydrate my body throughout the night um, and then drink some water as soon as I wake up to help replenish any dehydration that I've, I guess, soaked up throughout the the night. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Number two is in line with number one. And that's our suggestion to take a break from alcohol. And maybe this is more of an ongoing thing from time to time taking breaks, but also maybe think about reducing the amount of alcohol. It's interesting that most of us feel some sort of improved social or general feelings of well-being when we drink a little bit, but it's interesting also that alcohol has an interesting impact on our brain. It does have an effect on the chemicals in our brain and can have an effect on our overall mood, our daily cognitive function, and our mental health. So especially when you think about excessive alcohol use, this is really interesting because excessive alcohol use, which many of us may describe as binge drinking or alcoholism, but it doesn't necessarily have to go that far. Having more than your daily recommended number of drinks per day actually puts you in this category where it can exacerbate what is called pre-existing comorbid psychiatric disorders. And these are the kinds of disorders that can play off of existing or be the cause of depression and anxiety. I know for myself personally, when I drink Uh, more than I should say, for example, one night or several nights over the weekend, I know for me physically and mentally, I do not feel the same the next day or next several days. And that is an indication to me that I have done some sort of damage to my body. I know that a lot of other folks feel this way too. And that's part of the reason why John and I try to ourselves do at least one dry month a year And we also encourage other folks to do that. You know, there's things like sober October, dry January or dry July. These are oftentimes the time of year when other people are doing this. So you can maybe find some of your friends who are doing the same. So number two here is to take a break from alcohol for a bit. Yeah, I've noticed, especially as I get older, it seems like the next day after drinking even just a little bit too much alcohol, not a lot, I have a sort of melancholy 
feel, um, maybe not really so much a depression. And I guess I have had those feelings too before, but I'm very cognizant of the fact that I'm just kind of slightly sad or indifferent sometimes after I have a few too many drinks and something I, I kind of want to avoid. So it's a great recommendation. Number three is to meditate. You all know we love meditation. We haven't been doing it as regularly as we like to do it in part because we adopted two French bulldogs <laughs> and they take up all of our time right now, but hopefully we'll be able to get back into the schedule soon. So I'm going to read to you from a Harvard study, from a 2011 Harvard study. The Harvard study found that mindfulness meditation can actually change the structure of the brain. Eight weeks of mindfulness-based stress reduction, MBSR, was found to increase cortical thickness in the hippocampus, which governs learning and memory. And in certain areas of the brain, that plays roles in emotional regulation, and self-referential processing. There were also decreases in brain cell volume in the amygdala, which is responsible for fear, anxiety, and stress. And these changes match the participants' self-reports of their stress levels, indicating that meditation not only changes the brain, but it changes our subjective perception and feeling as well. And this is exactly what we're trying to address, right? We're oftentimes concerned or have fear about something that has not yet materialized, or we're still still hanging on um, from anxiety or, or problems, uh, frustrations in our past. Meditation kind of helps disrupt that a little bit, even if it's just during the duration that you're in meditation. But studies have shown consistently doing this actually um, reduces all of those anxieties for the long, longer term. Um, so we suggest starting light here. Uh, a lot of people think themselves they can't sit on the one place for 20, 30 <laughs> minutes at a, at a shot. So don't try to do that. Start small. Start with just five minutes a day in the morning, right after you wake up, you're still kind of asleep or you're kind of awake, makes it a little bit easier. That's a great way to sort of get into meditation. And then you can scale up if you want to. Yeah. So drink your glass of water, do your meditation, right? And that's actually how we started, right? We started off by doing five minutes because we knew we couldn't sit still for very long. And that so. first five minutes felt like forever, <laughs> right. but then we got really good. And we were at, we were at a point where we we're doing up to 25, 30 minutes of meditation and it went super fast. You can definitely build up to it. Yep, exactly. This podcast is sponsored by Capital One. Capital One is redesigning the banking experience by offering simple, straightforward, and seamless ways for you to bank from almost anywhere. So banking fits into your life, not the other way around. All right, number four is try yoga. So according to research that's been published in the Brain Elasticity Journal, yoga can enhance your brain's function and positively affect the structure of your brain. What's so interesting about this and the several ones we've talked about before is there's actually changes happening in your brain when you either do or don't do these things, right? So with yoga, you're actually changing your brain for the better. It actually has been proven that even doing yoga just one to two times a week can have these brain-changing impacts. And oftentimes, yoga practitioners are shown to have more gray matter. So that means the size of their brains are bigger. And actually, the things that can cause depression and anxiety have actually changed as well to reduce that. So things like cortical thickness, that grows. So 
there's areas of the brain that are actually changing while you're doing yoga and it helps to change your brain for the better. It also, again, gives you an opportunity to take a break from everything else, from social media, from entertainment, from all of that. So we suggest that you check out a channel on YouTube called Breathe and Flow. It's a man and woman who do yoga together and they have a bunch of yoga where he does it just by himself. He actually has a series called Yoga for Men. And he is very yummy to look at. (laughs) (laughs) So if you need some inspiration to return to the mat every day on a regular basis, he will definitely be the inspiration you need. (laughs) Number five is uh, something that we're super fans of. I don't know how popular it is among the general population, but these things don't have to be like earth shattering or expensive. These are, we're looking for low cost forms of self-care. And one thing that we'd love to do is to paint our finger or toenails a bright color just so they get noticed. Um, I have an ugly toe and I've decided that people will either make fun of me for my ugly toe or they can make fun of me for my pretty toes. And I would much rather have them make fun of me for my pretty toes. And it actually not- happened. We were walking down the street the other day with our dogs and there were a couple of guys. Uh, they Dudes. were definitely right. Definitely not gay who were at a brewery. And one of them came out to the sidewalk to, to look at our dogs and saw John's toes and said, yeah, that's that, brave. That was, that was yeah, bold, brave or bold or something. <laughs> like that. <laughs> but you know, it's fun. I look down at my toes. They look cute. People may compliment them. You know, it just brightens up my day. It's, it's a very simple, low cost form of self-care. And I know that when David has painted his toes in the past, he's enjoyed it. It only takes like 15, 20 minutes to treat yourself to a homemade pedicure. I'll admit that I'm not as great as a professional pedicure, but I don't know that many people are, um, but it's definitely just an easy way to, to brighten your day. Yeah. Um, so if you do do this and we hope that you do, cause it's easy and it's fun, please post a picture of your toes on Instagram and don't forget to tag at queer money pod. Uh, and we'll share your story on our story. All right. Number six here. I think this is one that a lot of us would love to say that we do, but we don't necessarily do. And that is to take naps, take naps more often. It's interesting that America, 70% of Americans report that they have not obtained sufficient sleep at least one night a month. And 11% say that is the case every single night. And it's estimated that sleep-related problems affect anywhere from 50 to 70 million Americans, no matter what your age or socioeconomic class is. So a lot of us are sleep-deprived. Now, we know that when we're sleep-deprived, that means we're not getting true brain rest. And that true brain rest allows us to break the cycle of feeling anxious or having negative thoughts about ourselves. So If you find it hard to take a nap, think about some ways that you can take a nap that you may not have thought about before. One of the things that I used to do from time to time is I would go out to my car when I was working, I would leave the office, go out to my car, just take a 10 to 15 minute nap. I would set the alarm on my phone, take a break mentally, physically, and just lay there. Especially it was great when it was a cooler day and the car was nice and warm, right? So think about what areas or places that you can take naps that are kind of out of the norm. So our suggestion for you on this one is to try to take a nap this weekend. <laughs> try to take a 20 to 30 minute nap. Just take a break, give your brain a rest and get some much needed uh, relaxation in as well. 
I am a super fan of the 2 p.m. nap. Nothing beats that. <laughs> Number seven is to read good fiction books. Like get lost in a story. Right. Not that's nothing that's accurate, historical, political. Just get lost in a fantasy of some sort. You know, yep. we're inundated with social media, movies, and TVs, and we're constantly getting soaking up, consuming this cotton candy, so to speak. And that actually has an adverse consequence, adverse effect on our brain and our mental health. Read a book get lost in a story. Imagination is good exercise for the brain and more active engagement in your brain actually increases your caloric expenditure. That can also be good for your health. So even just reading is more active than watching TV and that can help you not only make you happier, but actually work on your health as well. So we encourage you to go to overdrive.com and download the It Libby app to get books from your local library on your phone, computer, or tablet, all for free. Yeah, exactly. Number eight here is in line with kind of exercising your brain, but this is actually exercising your body. Go for a walk, get outside and go for a walk, leave behind the music. Don't go with anyone else. Just take some time for yourself. This allows you to think freely. It allows you to use your imagination as we just pointed out in the reading, but it allows you also to talk to yourself about positive things. And we would really suggest this when you're taking walks is to really do focus on positive things. What is What are you grateful for? What is going on in your life that is exciting or fun? What can you look at around you that puts a smile on your face or even just enjoying the beauty around you? So we would suggest that this week, find a local park, go for a walk by yourself, especially if it, you know, do this when it's safe, but go for a walk, enjoy some time outside, enjoy some time thinking positive thoughts about yourself. And then go home and take a nap. <laughs> a growing trend in the meditation space is uh, our, our walking meditations. Now, I haven't looked too much into that, but that might be something for folks to, to, to check out. Walking meditations, so you're kind of killing two birds with one stone there, yeah. but don't kill birds on your walk. <laughs> <laughs> and then number nine is to eat more fruits and vegetables. Again, as with water, most Americans aren't eating enough fruits and vegetables. And that has, again, an adverse effect on our physical and mental health. Green leafy vegetables like kale and spinach and broccoli can and berries, especially blueberries, they're all wonderful, improve your brain function, make your brain healthier, and that can all improve uh, your mental and emotional health. Um, fresh foods give oh. your body, brain, and nutrients they need. <laughs> There's the <laughs> dog. dog. Frozen versions can help keep costs down, but have some nutrients that can be mixed into smoothies, which we're super fans of smoothies. Our dogs are not, however, fans of smoothies because they do not like the blender. <laughs> so, they do love blueberries, though. They do love blueberries, though. <laughs> so we encourage you to set aside 5 or $10 in your budget for this week, specifically to get fresh fruits and vegetables used as a snack or as a dessert. One of our favorite desserts when we're not being super bad is to have just a, one piece of dark chocolate and a couple of blueberries or raspberries, and that can actually really satiate our, our desire for some sugar. Um, and it's actually a lot better for our physical and mental health, and it'll be better for yours as well. So those are our nine tips for low-cost forms of self-care. Give one or two a try this weekend. Let us know how they work out for you. We want to hear um, the benefits that you feel. How does your bank support the LGBT community? Not at all? For Pride in June? Or 365 days a year? Capital One proudly supports the LGBT community throughout the year. Maybe it's time to support a bank that supports us. Go to debtfreeguys.com forward slash cafe for more info. Queer Money is being brought to you in part by the five building blocks of a happy gay life. 
join the growing community of happy, healthy, and wealthy gay men who love their lives inside and out. Get your free copy of The Five Building Blocks of a Happy Gay Life at DebtFreeGuys.com forward slash happy. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Queer Money Podcast. Here's your queer money takeaway from this episode. First, let's keep talking and normalizing taking care of our mental health. That is really important. But second, pick two or three of these nine items that we just talked about to boost your brain power and mental health. Your brain will thank you for it and you'll feel better and happier. Then join us next week when we break down five steps you can take to break bad financial habits. This is going to be a good one. (laughs) We learned the hard way. And then again, we make the Queer Money Podcast for you. So please post your money questions in the Queer Money Facebook group. We may use your question in an upcoming episode. Thank you. And we'll talk with you next week. From Los Angeles, California to Winooski, Vermont, we're taking Queer Money on the road. Join us as we gamify personal finance with Queer Money Bingo or catch our signature Live Fabulously, Not Fabulously Broke Talk and so much more in between. Check out QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player regularly for date and location updates.